Welcome everyone to the Rest Podcast, where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion, chaos, and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life. I am your host, Natalie Williams, and I am here with the author of The Reconstitution Method for Healing and Rest, Virginia Dixon. Hi, Natalie. Hi, Virginia. So it is officially July, and Catherine Dang, a scholar and historian of primary sources and founder of the Philomath Foundation, is here to discuss the principles of individual liberty and self-governance. And I am so excited for this conversation because I know that this is like, this is what you do. This is everything. <laughs> this is all the knowledge right now. 53 years of it. Yes. Right, Catherine? Ooh, and counting, I and hope. Counting. And counting. <laughs> okay, this is perhaps going to be... My favorite podcast of the year. Yes, it takes me back to September 1978. Holy mackerel. Yes, holy mackerel. I was in high school and I was in AP history class mm -hmm. and we had to read the Federalist Papers that semester. And I was so excited. I couldn't even contain my enthusiasm and I read what these amazing men documented with their blood, I might add, their fortunes, their life, their deepest convictions. And it was not the same story that I was reading in my history books. And I became annoyed because I didn't understand why we're reading this primary source and the history books are commenting on their opinions, and telling me a different story. So I realized there's a disparity between primary sources and my history books. So I thought I found the goose that laid the golden egg. Mm -hmm. And I remember my whole Pollyanna, um, Anne of Green Gables, whatever mentality, I was so excited. I stayed up almost all night, and I did a parallel analysis of what was happening, what I was reading in my history books, and what these guys were saying and I thought, no way. America is losing her story because a language has been lost. These guys don't even speak the same. And at the time, until I met Catherine, I did not understand that freedom has a language. It's a language of liberty. And you can't understand principles of freedoms nor defend it if you lose the language of liberty. Right. And fast forward, what, 30-some years, I meet Catherine, and she fills in the gaps that I noticed, right, in that AP history class. But I remember going to class, and I was so excited. I was sure this was going to be a revolutionary observation I made. Yeah. And the... It was amazing, right? I thought everybody would share in my enthusiasm, and I'll never forget. Oh, 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 oh. I was the first to raise my hand, right? You're not going to believe what I just found. And I stood up next to my desk, and I went on to share my observations. And my professor looked at me like, yeah, just like that, Natalie, <laughs> <laughs> with a blank look in his face. And I'll never forget one of my colleagues said, well, if you feel that way about it, why don't you get the hell out of here and go back to your country? Wow. And I said, no, you don't understand. Somebody's telling you a different story. 
And these guys gave their lives for the story and the exceptionalism that is America is being lost because we're losing the language of liberty. Yeah. So, Catherine, I can't tell you how meaningful this is to me, especially on this 4th of July. Well, I thank you for that story because it's a true story. And the true story is that the Federalist Papers have been removed from our curriculum. Yeah, I never read them. Buy a copy. I know. I did. I did buy a copy. And if they they did, the students wouldn't be able to understand it. Yeah. And it's because America is not an anomaly, but it is meant to be the leader to help other nations achieve what America has by its principles. See, history is a teacher. And history teaches us what will succeed and what will not. But there are those who have another idea, a better idea. And so those who have been, shall we say, endeavoring to propagate their own principles have rejected the anomaly that is the United States of America. I graduated from the University of California after graduate Berkeley after graduating from a public school system. So I too was convicted of the false teaching I had received for the reason of advancing another idea. And that's where I became an educator to advance what I know history teaches. What was the switch? Providentially, I was introduced to some volumes, the one key one being the Christian history of the Constitution of the United States of America, one of those big red books somebody gave me, and their primary sources. Now, you talked about the scholar of primary sources. It means that I'm going back to the writings of those who are actually living the history or produced the history, the origin of a thing. You know, a principle is an origin. And anytime you have any event or any even problem, you want to go down to the origin of a thing because that's where the solution lies, is in the origin, not in the effects or in the fruit or product of a problem. Yeah. So when we look at our nation today, let me just inject here that all the negatives that we feel or think are negatives that we are experiencing has an origin, and it's not putting a Band-Aid on it by somehow medicating it or making the pain go away. You want to find the origin of that pain, whether it's some organ or some you know, infection, and then you address the infection, not the bump on the on your skin or you know the external expression of it. And the root so, cause, the root cause, and we we know that intuitively. Yeah, but we never figured that what we're experiencing had any solution except something that was superficial. But I want to get at the cause of things, like you always asking why. Growing Mm -hmm. up, didn't you ask, why can't I do this? Mm -hmm. Why, why, why? Mm -hmm. And nobody always gave me an answer. It was just, no, no, you can't, because I said so. Well, that was 
I whenever I hear because I said so, that was sort of like raising me up for dictatorship. Yeah, that's not an answer, right? But you know, parents <laughs> do that all the time because they say, don't take the time to teach why mm. or what the real cause is. Well, it's not it's satisfactory. Just, no, right? it isn't. I mean, because it's not we're digestible. People, we're people of reason. <laughs> yeah. We reason from causes. So my education began with in being introduced to the true cause. Those that wrote the documents, those that lived the beginnings of the beginning of our country. And I discovered that this has to be taught. And that was written by Miss Verna Hall, and she had a foundation in San Francisco, and I'm from the Bay Area, and so she was accessible, and she invited me and others of me to sit under her for three weeks and read and reason with her. And so I believe that that volume was published in 1960. I was just a graduate from Berkeley and caught in the nick of time, I think, to begin my teaching vocation. So this is what I was going to teach, but I didn't know anything until I began to study, just as you realized. I didn't even know Federalist Papers existed when I began so you were ahead of me a little bit, but you caught the spirit of it. You caught the vocabulary. Today, you had the vocabulary. You were a scholar even then. So in the 60s, which is the age of rebellion, you know, universities, free speech, movement yeah. in Berkeley. And so as a result, I began my study and began to be turned around in my thinking that I had a responsibility and that burden of responsibility really changed my life. Mm. And from my study, I began to uh, not only teach, but to help others learn it as well. So this business of America is that she is exceptional, not because of people, but because what the people were learning from history, ancient history, the Middle Ages, if you will, but where the change began the shift in history. And that was, of course, the knowledge that liberty is innate to every human being. It's not a study of culture that we're dealing with, or groups of societies, or different societies. It's really the way, <clears throat> how are men to be governed? How are they to be governed? And when I looked at the, the definition of history, I, lo and behold, I found that it is the, the story of nations, Mm-hmm. Nations. Yeah. We were never talking mm-hmm. about nations, cultures, maybe, and different people, but not the fact that what united us was one humanity. And and all the errors, trial and error of past. Yeah. And what it brought men to understand about what liberty really was, not freedom, but this alignment you teach in rest about aligning with what is universal. truth with ourselves from the source of life and the the one who created the universe Mm -hmm. and what was in alignment with that when we're not in alignment we need to be brought back to that and knowledge is is a way a path to that and when i say original resources those that live closest to the times are witnesses of the times and not just one individual but was corroborated by thousands of the time i mean mm-hmm. all 13 nations corroborated their experiences and they all came to the same conclusion right in, in a sense which was 
which was again liberty is not from something it's innate it's it's god given it's part of our makeup and that's mm-hmm. why there's such resistance Mm-hmm. Uh, to anything that impinges upon our own private being, our thoughts, our our bodies, our wills. And we have our own will. Mm-hmm. It only needs to be educated. It needs to be enlightened to the principles. Right. Mayflower Compact. That's, Let's talk about mm-hmm. documents, okay. something tangible and accessible since we're looking at 4th of July. Mayflower Compact. You gave me okay. perspective for, of that document in the mm-hmm. context of what we discuss with rest. The Mayflower Compact was written on board the ship Mayflower by a group of separatists who would not submit to the King's Church because it was his belief, but not necessarily what they held to be true to what they've read from the the scriptures. So they wanted original resource. They wanted the Bible to be their original resource, not the king's interpretation or whatever his institution was. So they were separatists. They separated from the church. They were persecuted, and they found a place where they could settle, where there would be free to follow the dictates of their conscience. So before they landed on the land, they covenanted with each other and others that were not of the church, their church, to set up civil government for this Mm -hmm. new settlement that had no government. And government is also an institution established for the good of all and not just a few, which they had experienced, because they learned that from studying the scriptures. So they wanted to establish a form of civil government independent of the church for the purpose of creating and protecting liberty. Right. And first, religious liberty, and all those that followed from that liberty. So when we think about this it's not so much a separation of church and state, it's just freedom to worship away from the state, not dictated by the state. Mm-hmm. So what we have here is, in other words, if you're not a believer, you're free not to believe. If you are a believer, you're free to follow your belief, mm-hmm. whatever that might be. So that's liberty of religious mm-hmm. liberty. And that requires the free exchange of ideas. Absolutely, all of that is attached to that kind of liberty. But the idea is that that is an innate aspect of our human existence, that you have your own will, you have the freedom of that will, and that is, and you don't infringe upon any other person's will. Do you understand? Right, and this is self-evident. We experience this in everyday life. So we raise generations to be educated with an educated will so that when they make decisions, it will be according to good principles and not lead to destruction. Why was the Mayflower Compact instrumental and in what followed? It's the beginning of the Constitution of the United States of America. It's the seed beginning. And by the way, there were no laws. It was just principles that we will make laws as needed, which means they were going to govern their own lives, and when there was no government, they would make a law to govern. There's the internal produces what the external 
is. So it was sort of the, the purest beginning of a nation where the people determined what kind of law they needed. They it wasn't imposed. It's really interesting because we talk about this a lot, Natalie, but the restrictions that are be continuously being imposed in our primary spheres of influence here in California. It's oh crazy goodness. to even put in a driveway. Yeah. And that there's so much confinement and restriction that really diminishes our capacity to individually self-govern. And they're trying to persuade us that these are necessary for us to live better, healthier lives, when in fact it violates a principle. Because it's on a different principle. It's from a different principle of external control better than the people governing their own lives internal control internal control which is what rest is all about that's right and the external tells us we're not internally controlled we're out of control and so we require these restrictions so with the evolution of time in the last 200 some years we see the overreach of government more more intrusion but we call for it we the people determine what laws we have yeah and so if we're self-governed but you can't be self-governed until you have liberty in inside yourself so the mayflower compact Compact. basically is the seed Seed that established principles of individual self-government and the reason i want to hone in on this point is because this is instrumental to rest Mm. and i often talk about healing the hemorrhaging soul of our Mm -hmm. nation and of a generation and i think this is how it's done because as people individually Mm self-govern they're going to become more uncomfortable with the overreach of government absolutely in their personal lives and they chose their own rulers they knew how to choose the rulers that would execute that at that time and protect the liberty protect the liberty so take us to what to the constitution well the constitution they were the example and others that came after them followed suit (laughs) and executed civil government that would be just government and it would be among themselves government came out of the people it didn't come down from the king (laughs) it came out of the people which again is exactly what we're trying to restore i don't want this to become so abstract obviously that people saying what are they talking about no this is rest right no natalie we talk about these principles are applicable at all times at all times and in all spheres right and past present and future and so we are the first born of this kind of nation, and it's not to be the last of its kind, but there are those who question and doubt that this is efficient. But if you look at what the envy of the world is, it's why is this country? Well, the material abundance comes from this kind of liberty. Good. Can you go back? You said something really profoundly important, and I'd like you to elaborate on it. We are the first of its kind. Explain why. The first republic of self-government based on individual liberty the unit of america is the individual it's not a class it's not a a race or a group or society it's the individual that's why we have the first 10 amendments that what civil government may not do to any individual yeah no matter what state the preamble tells the national government what it may concern itself with. The Ten Amendments added to it says this is what you may not be involved mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. So that's a governing the government. See, mm-hmm. the people govern the government, but when they're not governing themselves, they cannot govern the governors. There was a season in the history of this country, right, when the notion of all men are created equal, endowed by their creator, well, that was violated 
and it was severely violated by slavery. And there's a lot of misconceptions. Slavery has a long, long history in the history of man from the beginning of time. It didn't begin in America. And by the way, our country began with 1776, not 1619. Ooh, okay. Okay. Not 1619. That was Jamestown. That was England. That's the old world transplanted okay. there. Go slow and explain that. They say, well, well, slavery was our original sin. It's it came from England and and came from Africa and Australia. Right, but we were not Americans. And we were English, Af- and, and, and it only came from Africa in recent history. But it came originally in from Af- that region of the world in the beginning of time. We've been enslaving each other since the fall. Right. right. Let's talk about that. I Man's- agree. Nimrod and all that. exactly. Yes. But I want to think about as far as the period of that time. Slavery was an inter in. In Africa, among Africans. And exactly. then the European came involved. They sold to, to the European. But exactly. That's- and Ben Carson, by the way, does an amazing segment on slavery and the true history of slavery. Mm-hmm. It doesn't diminish the stain mm-hmm. on our nation, but what eradicated it. Well, the point is, what's the solution to slavery? It's that one truth. All men are created, created equal. equal. And we're the only nation that even put that as an original Ambition. That's our original mission, mm-hmm. is to establish a form of government where all men were actually under one law, and that law is all men are created equal. No other document has that premise. It's yeah. disgusting how this is used for political purposes, though. Yeah. That one little word, slavery, how it's used for political purposes to sway the affections of... Right, because they don't go back to original resources. Exactly. But it's the original resources and a profound understanding of them. And by the way, the principles that established this republic that made it possible to eradicate that disgusting evil. Exactly. That's the one absolute principle that cannot be erased from history. All men are created equal. And until men were enlightened with the truth of that principle, then they only went all defaulted into the slavery of others, Mm -hmm. implying that only a certain few could rule. But if you're self-governed as an individual, that will eliminate the necessity of external restrictions. I want to ask you a tough question, a really tough question, because human trafficking is the most vile and disgusting form of slavery yes and it trumps all forms of slavery because of technology and whatnot i want you to talk about that how did the heck did we get this bad in the context of these principles that govern the individuals Well, let me let me just say this that this hijacking of our nation is those that promote want this do you understand well, sure, because it'll divide right. this republic. So who is in control? Who is governing? And these policies, those who are propagating... Are financially benefiting from yeah. it. Yeah. And have an agenda, mm-hmm. have an agenda to really diminish the individual liberty mm-hmm. of people but I that see, they govern. But I see uprising of family. Me too. Of love of home, of family, of children, of that is moving to replace the powers that be oh we see it all the time and natalie your generation i love always your input 
on these things because there is an uprising in their generation Mm -hmm. and they care for the generation that's coming and the generation that's before them and that which is behind them. And I'm telling you, I think whatever evil powers that be that think that America is going to go down that easy, I don't think so. But part of this is not only uprising, but because the, the original resources of our history are appearing. Talk about that. They're being that. propagated. They're, they have, all that was hidden and buried and burned or whatever they did. And when we stopped teaching history, civics, revised history. We taught it, but we taught the, an opposing principle. Which is how this podcast started. Yes. Yes. And, and an so, immigrant, by the way, picked up the disparity see, in you, that. You can't stop the truth. Mm-mm. It will, you cannot kill the truth. The truth is absolute and it is coming through and with volumes like Miss Hall's that I got a hold of and it changed my life and turned it around as far as my teaching was concerned and why I was teaching, what I was advancing, individual liberty instead of what we call socialism today, groupthink and all that. Now we're training up a new generation with this original resources. And the Federalist Papers are coming back. There are institutions that are including it not because they have saw and the true story, and it has not been their alternative forms of education, self-education, self-teaching, and the volumes have come up about American history, about Washington, about all these writers of the Declaration of Independence. And I want to say a lot of this by way of the general public, it transcends religious convictions, political convictions. This is a, not a right it's and a left issue. It's yeah, it's global, right? It's And I love it because, again, it speaks to laws of nature, self-evident truth, and our natural, natural affections. affections. And it's the natural affections of people. Yeah. It speaks to our common humanity. So I want people, I want to be careful that I'm not making a political statement here. This no. is science. This is history. True history. True history. Of all men and nations. And everybody can research this for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. It's available. I mean, you can download anything now mm-hmm. of the past. Go to primary sources. Exactly. Can you real quick in the middle of this, we don't normally do this, but express, um, share the name of your foundation and the resources you have available to people. Well, my foundation is called Philomath Foundation, and they think it's about mathematics. (laughs) But I adopt it because it's sort of kind of a screen. And people who know me know that that's the word meaning love of learning. Mm. And I'm learning all the time. I'm a student of history. I don't call myself a scholar, but I'm a student of history. And, and I'm learning how to tell that story to all ages. So education is where I'm found. And you have a website and you have lectures yes. posted on that website. I have audios with papers that go with them on my philomathfoundation.com. And I hold webinars every Wednesday night on history, government, and education. And the foundation propagates the ideas of providential history, individual self-government, and providential education. And the reason I love that, Natalie, and you've heard me talk about this so much, is because these principles are instrumental if you're dealing with addictions, if you're dealing with a broken marriage, 
if you're dealing with children, if there's confusion, wherever there's confusion, chaos, and dis-ease, these principles will serve you well. We happen to be talking about them in the context of what established this republic, Mm -hmm. because there is an exceptionalism that became America, and it was the principles from which they reasoned to establish this form of civil government. And I think that is what I want to celebrate this 4th of July as an immigrant. <laughs> I just wanted to celebrate it. And I couldn't think of a better person to do well, that with you. than you. Well, I'm second generation. My parents came from mainland China before Mao Zedong took it over as a communist state. So they never faced communism and they came to be Americans. And I was Amazing. raised in this country with parents who wanted to be American Chinese. And not only that, but I would be in China today had they not come over. Yeah. I was born just the year before Mao Zedong took over. So my parents would, and I had nothing to do with it. It was providence. Providential. Providentially. And imagine, Catherine, just hearing you say that just gives me chills. Mm -hmm. Because I'm here because of the spread of socialism and communism. Mm -hmm. And what my dad was seeing, these shifting ideas around these principles. Now, he didn't have the language that you gave me. Because he didn't, he wasn't educated in America, and he didn't understand the exceptionalism of America. And with the draw to America was freedom. But you can't have freedom if you don't understand principles of liberty that have to do with individual self-government. And by the way, decisions of conscience, right? Well, it's innate even in my parents, who didn't know the language, didn't know anything, exactly. but it's inborn. That's right. You inborn. See. Inborn. So we have an audience all over the world, mm-hmm. right, Natalie? Yes. Literally all over the world. Yes. Where? India? Oh, gosh. India, South Africa, England, Australia, Russia. We are, yeah. All over. All over. If you're listening to this podcast, you're our brothers, you're our sisters. (laughs) And these are universal principles that bind us as a family, these principles of individual self-government and the promise of freedom, no matter where you find yourself, is for you. Absolutely. Plus... You begin with the individual. You begin with yourself and align yourself with these principles in your own self and then in your family and in your own sphere of influence. That's how liberty grows in a place. It doesn't come from the top down. It doesn't come from protests. It doesn't come from riots. It comes from liberty growing and expanding in one place and then out. The question that just came to mind is, well, what ideas, how do you know if the ideas are right and what do you align yourself with? And what comes to mind is light. Mm -hmm. Does the idea bring light, Mm -hmm. life, liberty, love, and law? I call those the five L's, right? Mm -hmm. They're those fundamental principles. And that's how I gauge when I'm confused. Does this topic, does this conversation bring light to the situation, to the person, to the company, to the institution, to the team, life, right? Without light, there's no life. And life is, you taught me, Mm -hmm. the primary what? Principle. Yeah. And then love, love doesn't exist. Natural affection. That's right. Natural affection. Mm -hmm. Law sustains life. Yeah. Right? Law protects life. Protects life. And then liberty Liberty. And, you know, I was thinking the light that we all have is self-evident truth. Begin there. Mm. 
Because repeat that. Light is first self-evident truth within yourself. I love that. Yeah. Light, self-evident and truth within yourself. And you're only to go according to your light, not other people's light. Your light that is in you. A great injustice that I did as a parent was not expand, help expand the light. I thought I had the light and I needed to give it to them instead of understanding that principle that everyone has a different measure of faith according to the measure of faith given you live out your convictions. And I have six kids, right? Five yeah. living. And every single one of them was given a measure of light. But because I didn't understand that about myself as a principle, I didn't know how to give that to them. So perhaps this will help us learn to listen to it's each individual. other. It's individual. We're judged as individuals, not as a collective. Not as a collective. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so good. Catherine, thank you so much. Uh, thank you. We want to talk about restoring the language of liberty internal so we can secure freedom no matter what country you live in. Yeah. Talk about that for a second. Well, liberty is organic. It's natural. Talk about the language of it. The language of liberty, of course, is deals with cause and effect and begins with this, really, it um, deals with the, the part that causes things, not the effects. So we don't, it's positive. And there are counterfeit words. For instance, freedom is external. Liberty is inside ourselves, our conscience, our thoughts, our affections. And if you deal with those, that you have no restraint within yourself concerning yourself, then you're going to be able to move in your in a freedom you never had because you're held back by something inside. It's an obstruction. I call it obstruction. A false idea, a lie that keeps you imprisoned. Okay. I love that. It reminds me of when you challenged me on the word right and wrong. Yeah. I'm a justice person, as you know, and I'm about, no, this is wrong. This is right. And you said, there's a better way. Lawful and unlawful for yourself, according to the light you know. Mm-hmm. Because Talk right and that. wrong is absolute. But light is individual, as you were bringing up. And we're only judged for what we know, not what we don't know. And we impose our light, light and upon wrong. somebody else yeah. and somebody else. Our right light, and wrong. Our light. Our light. And your poor children don't know they'll have your light and you pound them with your light that they don't know. And I think that's not uncommon for parents. (laughs) I have such a visual in my mind right now. (laughs) Grace for moms and dads. What is it? So you give them more light. You teach them. You feed them light, but not judge them by your light. Yes. Right. Yeah. I think I think if anything it almost sounds to me as though parents are supposed to be the stoker of their children's light, like a fire. You know, that's what I see. That's it's like feeding them food, but yeah. a little bit at a time, please. Don't right. choke them. Oh, goodness. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did a lot of choking. You're Latin. I'll never forget when Caleb looked up. We were schooling and mm-hmm. studying and Caleb said, mommy, because he was young, are we going to be eating lunch today? And Jordy looks up. And keeps her, and keeps moving her pencil, right? She didn't dare stop. But she looks up and she says, let's face it, Caleb, our mom's a Nazi. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh. You know what? It's like, 
what? And I started, I said, oh my gosh, I'm a little intense, aren't I? I'm a little out of control. (laughs) And we all laughed and we stopped and we went to eat. But that stuck with me. Yeah, wow. I think it was always about it's truth. Light. I wanted my light. I wanted them to have it all, and I (laughs) missed that God gave them light that He wanted me to glean from too, and He wanted to teach us both something in it. So. I wish I could go back and do some of those things over again. It reminds me of that song of um, Hide My Light Under a Bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. That one. That's what it reminds me of. See? False teaching. (laughs) But we're free. I know. But we're free. We're free. And it's God's timing. And grace abounds. I want to just address that to all our listening audience. You know, grace abounds. Receive the grace of God, unmerited favor of God, and extend yourself a little mercy overlook the offenses you've committed against yourself and others yeah sure god does yeah he he knows you're ignorant mm-hmm. you know he has compassion on our ignorance and we have to have compassion on our own ignorance i had to have compassion on what i didn't know i didn't get bitter and angry i just said god help me yes yes yeah. god help me with my unbelief or un not understanding it took me sometimes years before i understood a principle mm-hmm. can you imagine as we expand these communities of rest and we begin to have these amazing conversations around the principles that you shared with us, Catherine, that established this republic, can you imagine how conversations about mental health, about addictions, about political systems, about everything, all of a sudden we're going to be able to reason from principles that are self-evident. By the way, I know I harp on this a lot, but these principles sustain our very life. Yeah. The soul, the brain, The organs, our entire anatomy and physiology functions around these principles. Could it be some of our chaos, confusion, or disease comes from the abuse of principle? Yeah. Absolutely. There you go. That's the root of it. There's a note to finish on. Catherine, there's a note. Are we about closing time? Yeah. Okay, Catherine, repeat that. We are suffering simply because we haven't discovered the principles that are good or we've been abusing the principles misusing of light to sustain life Mm -hmm. yeah wow that's heavy that's really heavy we're gonna have to do a whole podcast just just on that alone with examples yes with With examples examples. the abuse of principles and how it affects our lives and our health and our our sanity yes so and our relationships you're released from that discomfort when you discover where the abuse is and then you let it go. That's right. And you forgive it too. Yourself and others. Forgive it. Let it go. Yep. And you know, that's how I think we learn to love. Mm-hmm. When love we can well. die to the bondage we have within our own soul that enslaves us. External. Remember, there's a verse, love covers a multitude of sins. Mm. Multitude of conflicts, yeah, that we have within yeah. ourselves. Mistakes. I love it. Yeah. Wow. So good. Catherine, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Yes, this is amazing. I'm going <laughs> to have to come back and listen to this, this over and over. <laughs> me too. Thank you for everything you've poured into me. Thank you for everything you've poured into rest. I don't think we would be here with this measure of understanding and conviction and boldness, I might add, to go where many people would rather not go. I know the truth of the framework of rest because I've reasoned through these principles in physics, in biology, in chemistry, in political theory, 
social sciences, spirituality, Mm -hmm. and all these principles. So we're able to speak with deep convictions about philosophy, theology, of psychoneuroimmunology, of how the soul works through the brain and the body, because you've really helped me reason through these principles. Yeah. Well, that's gratifying, but it's only one God working. That's right. And thank you to the authors of the Federalist Papers. Yes. (laughs) That's where it all began for me. Yes. Thank you to Dad. Yeah. Who had the courage Mm -hmm. to sacrifice everything and came to these United States of America. Wow. Thank you. Your father was a pilgrim. He was a pilgrim. Mm -hmm. My parents were a pilgrim. And here's two immigrants discussing this with so much enthusiasm. (laughs) I know people look at me, I'm Chinese, and I'm teaching to you people your history. And to all you immigrants out there, you're my favorite people to speak to because they get it. Mm -hmm. They left where they were at to come here for something. And I think this conversation can fill in a lot of It's hopeful, isn't it? Hopeful? Yes. Life-giving. Absolutely. Light. Light. Light giving. giving. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. For updates about rest and this podcast, please go to our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of Rest. If you'd like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of rest, please go to virginiadixon.com forward slash collaborate or call 949-289-5935. Thank you for listening to Rest with Virginia Dixon. We'll see you next week. (laughs) 